Jamie and I with you here on a Monday afternoon on the Green Zone. National Championship for college football in the United States tonight. Michigan uh, taking on Washington as... Will this be the last game Jim Harbaugh coaches for the University of Michigan Wolverines? And will he end up being the new head coach of enter team here? The Chargers? The Raiders? Maybe the Patriots? Oh, wait, no. Bill, for now, still has a job with the New England Patriots. But let's talk some three-down football right now. Football at four with Britton Gray. Britton Gray joining us live from Regina because he uh, didn't get uh, cleared to go to Nashville for the CFL winter meetings. But you were covering the shame. C- you were you were covering the CFL winter meetings today from yes. Uh, minus 20 degree weather rather than being in Nashville, Tennessee, where the winter meetings are actually going on. What'd you find out today from head coach of the Rough Riders, Corey Mace? Uh, the coaching staff is in place. They haven't announced it yet. Corey Mace wouldn't even uh, name names. Come on. What do we got? What I asked got? him to name. Just give me one name. And he said, well, I'm glad Corey Mace is on the staff. So it <laughs> didn't give me much there. But uh, outside of that, they're kind of just building this roster said he liked some of the pieces that were on this team last year. Derek Moncrief uh, released though by this team as they elect to go with CJ Revis, go a little bit younger and uh, wanted to release Derek so that he could get a chance to get a, a little jump start on free agency, find a job before everything kind of uh, gets set in stone there. But work continues is the main thing from Corey Mace, who's kind of finding out, the various other little things you have to be do as a head coach, which includes yes. going to these winter meetings, going through the rule changes and all of that. So uh, Corey Mace uh, listening 27 minutes long, uh, the longest any coach talked to the media today as you, uh, so he's learning that as yep. the head coach of the Saskatchewan <laughs> Rough Riders, there's always a lot of questions, but two things stood out there and they, are both on the same topic. The And it came up with him talking about Chris Streveler, the quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You remember the party? He had, like, the fur vest on. He was crazy. He goes down, National Football League, could be a free agent, could come back to the Canadian Football League, and the interest the riders might have in Chris Streveler. I just kind of want people that want to be in Regina. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying Chris doesn't. I just feel like he's, you know, he's got things that are going on for himself down south right now. Um, and if that's where his heart is, by all means, I wish him nothing but the best. But certainly I think any team uh, um, could use a Chris Strebler. I mean, the guy's a heck of a player. So if it comes down to that, it comes down to that. But uh, you want to make sure that he's, you know, exhausted all of his options so that he feels comfortable first. Yeah. And it was... Our Daryl Davis, uh, also with the Leader Post, who had the follow-up. What do you mean by that? Players who want to play in Regina. The easiest way to put it is for for guys, for example, um, who are in free agency. Uh, you know, they've been in the league at least you know for a little bit, so they I think they understand uh, um, what it is when you get to Regina. Uh, you walk into that stadium. You know the energy. You know the atmosphere. Um, depending on what time of year you were there, you understand what the elements are going to look like. Um, I honestly, in my heart, 
um, and being in similar places, be it Laramie and Buffalo, it does take a certain kind of person um, that loves that. And I want people that love it. I love it. Um, I look forward to people who like that. Um, it takes a certain amount of grit. Um, uh, I want people who are absolutely excited about putting together a product um, that you know that the fan base is going to hold you accountable for. You've, you've got to know that you've got to come with your A game. I don't want people who are afraid of that. I want people to embrace it. Me too, Corey Mace. Me too. Because I, he's bang on, isn't he? It takes a certain someone. And it's not like there's not a lot of players who want it. But I can go back. Like Ricky Foley, those, those type players who, hey, yeah, put me in the spotlight. I'd love it. Uh, because they know what also happens when you win in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. You're right. It, it takes someone special to uh, take on the expectations that are here in Saskatchewan just because – the the riders are are the the cream of the crop here in terms of the, the sports in Saskatchewan professional sports franchise. There's no other team to take some of that pressure off of you. If, they're, if you're not doing well, some other team can kind of save you by being good at that time. And, and so, and he also mentioned the environment. It's tough to play in Regina, not just from the fans, but it's a certain way the city runs, the certain way that the province kind of wants their team to be. You can't just be a guy who shows up, collects your paycheck, and isn't out in the community. Fans want to see the riders out in the community being a part of it, and rather than just someone who's there to collect a paycheck, play some football, and then see you next year as soon as the season's done. Mm-hmm. So we'll see who they find, because it, it takes a lot to uh, kind of weed through the guys who are like that, right? For some people, it's, yeah, just give me a paycheck, and who's the guys who really want to be here in Regina year-round? Well, not, you don't have to be here year-round, but well, during the season – out and about. But CJ Revis is one of, like Derek yes. Moncrief. He, he's taken Derek Moncrief's job, but CJ Revis has been a, been around and kind of stayed around a little bit to to get acclimatized, get to know the community. Like that's, hey, I want to sit down with you and go, what do you think of Regina? And say, I love it here. Yeah, yeah. There's critics out there, and there's people, you know, talking smack about our play. But yeah, we didn't play that well, and let's prove them wrong next season. Like those types of players, mm-hmm. uh, because some of those guys are also the best leaders you can have in a room to establish a culture. About it, free agency is coming, uh, just over a month ahead. I think the question was how many Saskatchewan Argonauts will there be uh, yes. this season? Because <laughs> there was a lot of what was it, Toronto Stampeders on yes. the Toronto team this past year. And we'll see. There's some names that have been re-signed. Like Mike Rose was a guy who thought maybe with the connection there, he leaves, he stays in Calgary. So you never know until someone actually hits free agency. But something to keep an eye on. I know Sean Oakman's name has been one that's thrown around with how uh, dominant he can be. Kind of a down year last year, but we'll see what happens. You never know. Change of scenery can work wonders for a guy. He's a monster human being. Uh, Winton McManus, (laughs) uh, Darius Pickett. There's a lot of talent uh, of uh, Toronto. That have been around. Uh, also, uh, winter meetings. Uh, you were listening to a few of the interviews. Um, uh, Mike O'Shea, little, su- I guess, uh, maybe not a little surprised, a bit surprised. Richie Hall's been demoted by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, but promoted is Jordan Younger. And Jordan Younger is a guy who other teams might have been interested in to give a promotion to defensive coordinator. So you promote him yourself and. And Richie's all class, and he yep. takes the demotion, and he'll stay in Winnipeg. 
Yeah, and that also there's a testament to what they've built in Winnipeg, right? That he wants to stick around, even though it is a demotion. It's clear that the culture they have there is something that Corey Mace is going to try to cultivate here, right? Guys who want to be here and want to stay, even if it's not necessarily for the top job, for top dollar, but guys who want to be there and continue to contribute to winning. And like you said, Richie's just class. He He's just the type of guy to do something like this. And Scott Miletovic also uh, was asked about his interest. Did, was he actually interested in the Saskatchewan job? I had I had legitimate interest, and um, it got pretty far down the line. I, I never I never went to Regina for um, the second interview, but we were a day away. Um, I just felt like my my home was going to be in Hamilton. I, when I when I pulled out, I, I wasn't guaranteed that I was going to get the Hamilton job. I, I knew there was a a possibility there um, that I was talking about, you know, potentially making the move to just being the president, but there was no guarantee made that, that I would be the guy that got it. I just, um, I wanted to be a part of that organization. I thought it was just a little bit, my family lives three hours from Hamilton. You know, it's, uh, it's just a little better fit for me. That's all. So that was uh, Scott Milanovic on his, he was interested in becoming the Rough Riders head coach, but made it, uh, and I imagine the Tiger Cats were like, now, you got a head coaching job here if yeah. you want one. Uh, for the uh, But uh, the other thing Scott Malevich talked about was Bo Levi Mitchell. He expects him to be the starter in 2024. Sure. <laughs> Do you expect him to be the starter I in 2024? to start the season as the starter. We'll see if he can kind of re- – we've been waiting for it for years. Can Bo refine his groove? Can he be an elite quarterback? We haven't seen it recently. Not to say he can't do it. But it's a you have to show us for us to really believe that you still are able to compete at such a high level. And of course, uh, tomorrow we're going to talk more tomorrow about the uh, the dribble kick rule that apparently Jason <laughs> Moss said is like the it's on the rule changes. It's the first thing on the agenda is the dribble punt that the Montreal Alouettes pulled off. They shouldn't change it. I like I like the rule. But NFL playoffs, we now know the fourteen teams who will play for the Super Bowl. Your Dallas Cowboys, the number two seed. How far, Britain Gray, are the Dallas Cowboys going to go in these playoffs? Now, try to be as unbiased as possible and where you actually see the Dallas Cowboys season ending. Well, Jamie, haven't you heard? The curse has been lifted. What curse? The Jimmy Johnson curse. Jimmy Johnson, for years, should have been in the Cowboys' ring of honor, and Jerry Jones refused. But the moment they put his name up there, guess what happens? The Dallas Cowboys finally get a call to go their way. A call at the end of the game. They win and defeat Detroit because a ref made a call that worked in the Cowboys' favor. Then they go out on the road and handle business against a divisional rival. Handle business against the Washington Commanders. So, Jamie. Yes? More than likely lose in the NFC Championship game. (laughs) But... I think that that road win inspires a little bit of confidence in them that they finally were able to get a big win on the road when it matters. I, I'm i still not completely 100% all in on the 49ers, but in terms of just depth of a roster and the talent, mm-hmm. it's really tough to go against the San Francisco 49ers, but I would not be shocked if the Cowboys do pull it off. Now, the Cowboys will either play the L.A. Rams or 
the winner of the Eagles Buccaneers uh, next week because I'm I'm picking them to beat the Green Bay Packers. Uh, if if there's another loss to Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, there Aaron Rodgers has been the bane of the Cowboys playoff existence ever since that Des Bryant catch. It was a catch. The drop. Anyway, the catch. And if Jordan Love continues that trend, that must be what it's like to be a Bears fan. <laughs> it's going to hurt. Uh, yeah. Uh, so well, what do you think? Chad called him. He, he, he says this Chiefs are going to make the Super Bowl again. Do you see that happening? Do you see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year? Did they sign some receivers I don't know about? <laughs> right. I'm like, what? Um, I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, they do take on the Dolphins uh, this weekend. They might win, uh, but good luck going through uh, Buffalo uh, and, of course, Baltimore and maybe Cleveland on the way to the Super Bowl. That's Football at Four with Britton Gray right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Night divides the day. Jamie and I with you here in the green zone. If I have time, maybe tomorrow or later today, I want to play what Scott Milenovich said to Justin Dunk, our CFL analyst, was talking about Nathan Rourke. Yesterday he was activated as the backup quarterback to Bailey Zappi of the New England Patriots. And if you watch that game, it was terrible football. But Zappi played the entire time. No Nathan Rourke. So there's a lot saying Nathan Rourke should just sign in Canada. He would have got a ton more playing time. Scott Milanovic disagrees, and I agree with him. He says, to be a quarterback in the NFL, you need to get your foot in the door, and then you need injuries to happen. Step one is done for Nathan Rourke. And the fact that the Patriots picked him up off waivers, Scott Milanovic says that's even more points in favor of Nathan Rourke in the National Football League. Usually these guys, they go down, they have the one team that's interested, doesn't work out, they're back to Canada. But to go on waivers and have Bill Belichick say, I don't want to pick that kid up. That shows you that there are more than a few eyes on Nathan Rourke as having some potential in the National Football League. Well, good Monday afternoon, Saskatchewan. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us here on the Green Zone. I'm Jamie Nye, and yes, we are about to talk about $92 million of money when it comes to William Nylander's contract extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we do so now with the editor-in-chief of the Hockey News, Ryan Kennedy, on the Green Zone with us. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. So... No, I, as as this has gone on, uh, it's not surprising William Nylander has resigned. But what about the ticket of eleven point five million dollars per season? Honestly, that that's not too surprising either at this point. I think you know if you had, <clears throat> excuse me talked about this at the beginning of the season, maybe we're talking about nine ten million. But Nylander has been so good all season long that he really boosted his value and you kind of have to look at it as what would he have fetched on the open market you know a scorer in his prime a guy who's been a pretty consistent playoff performer as well which you can't say for all of the Leafs core 
the past sort of five, six years, you know, what would he have fetched on the open market? The Leafs, really the only advantage they would have is offering him that eighth year instead of seven. Uh, so they, they had to pay the piper on this one if they wanted to keep him. When you look at William Nylander's career in Toronto, uh, it has been interesting on uh, the uh, talk and the narrative about he, his future, should they deal him, should he not? How much has that changed uh, over the last couple of years, maybe even the last couple of months, to how Leaf fans in this organization look at William Nylander? I would say, you know, at least from the sort of outsider and fan perspective, it's really changed in the past sort of four or five months. And I would say, you know, a lot of the previous trade speculation was because you couldn't move any of the other of the core four, right? You know, their contracts were too big, too long, you know, had no move clauses to them. Nylander was an absolute steal at $6 million, and it was a contract that you could move. So it wasn't like he had fallen out of favor so much as, like, well, if you had to move somebody, that's going to be the guy. Maybe you could figure out a trade for Marner, but would you want to lose Marner? And, you know, at that time, Marner obviously, you know, had uh, sort of more upside heading into this season than Nylander. Now I think it's uh, totally flipped, and now we're looking more down the road. You know, everybody pretty much knew a Nylander extension was going to happen, so now the matter of the fact is, okay, well, can they keep all these four next season and still be competitive while filling up the rest of the roster? Salary cap is going up, so it's going to be interesting. They have 12 players under contract for, I think it's $43 million. Maybe it's more than that. Uh, it's, it might be upwards of $60 million uh, for, for those four, plus Morgan Riley, you know, $7.5 million on the blue line. So let, let's be capologists here, the Toronto Maple Leafs, moving forward. Are they just going to eat it in 24-25 and have a lot more to play with without Tavares and Marner, or will we see trade or trades this offseason? I think maybe you see a move or two, but nothing earth-shaking. Like Tavares is obviously the big X factor here because his contract's almost up. He's still got next year. And then I think what you see is if he wants to stick, stick around, it's going to be at a, a drastic discount because they, he's simply not going to be a $10 million-plus player at that point in his career. He probably isn't that right now either, even though he is still very good. So I think you know what I would assume the Leafs are trying to do is just kind of get through the next season where you say, okay, well, Joseph Wool is going to be a huge bargain in net. Uh, Matthew Nyes will still be on his entry-level contract, so he's uh, you know making less than his value. If you can find some of those other value guys like a Noah Gregor, who's uh, you know been good on their on their fourth line this year, you know maybe you can kind of squeeze through, and then as the salary cap keeps going up, those big salaries they're still big, but they're not as intense as they were this season, even last year, for example, when the cap was flat. Ryan Kennedy joining us of the Hockey News. And, of course, uh, they'd love for a young Saskatoon blade that we watched at the World Juniors and Fraser Minton 
uh, step into something in the next two or three years. That that would also really help uh, when you look at the uh, bottom half of that lineup. Indeed, it would. And, and that's a perfect uh, example as well, where Minton, entry-level contract, so, you know, it's, it's locked in, you, you've got your value there, and, you know, for me, he would be a perfect third or fourth line center for them. Like, I think that's ultimately going to be his role in Toronto. So if you can get somebody, and, you know, I mean, there's bonuses and things like that, but essentially a player under a million dollars that can give you some significant minutes and is cost-effective, that's precisely the kind of player you need if you're going to pay all your superstars the way they are. Brian Kennedy with us of the Hockey News. Where do you see this Leafs team with this core group this season, now that this distraction is a little bit out of the way for William Nylander? Is this a core four, as you've been calling it, a team that's actually a Stanley Cup contender this season, or is it still a concern on what's going on between the pipes? Uh, there's concern between the pipes for sure. And, I, you know, it, you can't dance around it. Right. I mean, I, when Joseph Wool was healthy, <laughs> I think he was probably the answer. And you know, once you know, once he gets back, and uh, assuming that he'll you know be uh, what he was before, I think he gives them a chance. Because if we've seen anything in the past couple of years, it's that you don't need a superstar goaltender to win the Stanley Cup. Like Aiden Hill basically came out of nowhere for Vegas. And, and he didn't even play that whole Stanley Cup run, right? Uh, you know, they had multiple goalie options that helped them out along the way. Uh, they even had another goalie come out of nowhere earlier in the season in Logan Thompson. Uh, if you look at Colorado, you know, Darcy Kemper, a good goalie, not a great goalie. Um, and again, he got hurt during that playoff run by the Avs. Pavel Frenzos stepped in and did what they needed to, did what he needed to do to get them through. So, it's not a death knell for the Leafs if Joseph Wool is the answer, uh, but it kind of feels like he has to be the answer at this point. Like, you're not going to roll into a playoff series of Florida or Boston with Martin Jones for seven games. And Ilya Samsonov clearly is not the answer at this point. So what are you left with? You're left with the young kid. Well, and he's not even that young. He's 25, but experience-wise, not a lot. Orion, uh, of course, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, still uh, holding down number third spot in the Atlantic Division. But how about those Winnipeg Jets? 8-0-2 in their last 10 at the top of the NHL standings. I think if anybody's asked the question, who's the biggest surprise this season, I'd fair to say Winnipeg would be at the top of the list. Definitely. I mean, coming into this year, I thought the Jets would probably be like a wild card team they seem they would be okay and you know you got Connor Hale bucket net you do have one of the best goaltenders in the world and he has been playing as such if you look at goal save above expected which is like the new fancy stat that I rely on because I have bad at math he's the best in the NHL by a pretty decent margin at this point and keep in mind Thatcher Demko in Vancouver has been fantastic all year Aiden Hill in Vegas as well uh, but Hellbuck is he's the real deal and you know, you look at Winnipeg as a whole, and, you know, the offense is good. Uh, you know, defense is best in the league right now. Special teams, not great, so there's room for improvement, uh, which is not a bad thing. Uh, but to me, you know, I mean, Rick Bonus behind the bench, 
I've always sort of thought of him as like a playoff coach where you don't want to face his teams in the playoffs, but he has really brought this team together. And I, and I think they've also rallied around him. You know, he, he had to step away from the team because his, his wife was ill. And, uh, you know, the Jets stepped up for their coach. So I, I, I think on top of all the talent they have, Shifley, Ehlers, Josh Morrissey, you have to look at the, the total package with Winnipeg. And it, it's really all coming together. And finally, uh, look out below. Um, how, how concerned should the rest of the Western Conference be with the Edmonton Oilers now finding their groove? Yeah, I'd be pretty concerned. <laughs> you know, especially because they could be a wild card team. So you could win your division and have to face Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in the first round of the playoffs. And I would hate that. Uh, because, I mean, simply put, I mean, those guys can certainly win a series by themselves. So as long as they, you know, continue to get, like, serviceable goaltending, which they were not obviously getting at the beginning of the year, um, you know, this is a team that we thought would be one of the biggest favorites for the Stanley Cup coming into the year. They obviously had huge speed bumps early on, but, yeah, they're scary right now. And I'm sure Leon Dreisaitl's agent is very happy with today's extension for William Nylander. Indeed, yeah, because, I mean, you're, you're looking at Dreisaitl. I mean, he's got to be at least 13 at this point, maybe more depending on how much you can give him. Yeah, because Connor's up the next year to try to renegotiate. That could be 15 or more uh, for that one. Uh, oh, yes, uh, the agents for up pending free agents love it when William Nylanders get $11.5 million. Ryan, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. That is Ryan Kennedy. Uh, check out everything the Hockey News has to offer. A reporter in every single market covering every single team uh, with the Hockey News. Yeah, Leon Drysaddle. I Leon Drysaddle at eight and a half million per year is one of the best bargains in all of hockey. This summer he can renegotiate an extension. Can you see the dollar bills rolling up in the eyes of his agent right now with William Nylander getting an eleven and a half million dollar a year deal? Yeah. Austin Matthews gets thirteen. That would probably be where Leon Dreisaitl lands. So then that happens. Then Connor McDavid the next summer can renegotiate a deal. The Edmonton Oilers might have two players making like $30 million per season. They better pray uh, the salary cap continues to climb in the National Hockey League. Coming up next, our game of the night on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with you here on a Monday edition of the Green Zone. Yes, the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest was $1,300 on Saturday in the NHL if any game started with a goal in the first 20 seconds. Rob Cardinal was the contestant looking for $1,300 if any goal was scored in the first 20 seconds. If you're paying attention, as we all are with the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest around these parts, because we want to give away some money. Brayden Point, former Moose Jaw Warrior, scored a goal real early on Saturday. Real early. But it was 21 seconds into the game. Rob Cardinal missed out of $1,300 by one second.
just because the clock guy probably is a little slow on the clicker to turn that clock off. But, hey, those the rules. It has to be the first 20 seconds. Missed it by that much. Uh, so on Friday, Willow announced who's playing for $1,400 in the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. Could it be you? Well, you need to sign up at cjme.com, cko.m.com. Our game of the night. Well, we're going to go to the national championship game tonight. Uh, the United States NCAA College Football Championship, Michigan against Washington. Two undefeated teams going head-to-head for the national championship. I got Michigan. I'll be honest. I want Washington to win. They're more the underdog story. Penix Jr. has been phenomenal at quarterback. Like I'll cheer for the Huskies to win, but my brain says Michigan Wolverines win the national championship tonight. 